guys, welcome back to another episode of the Prediction Series. I am joined by my dad, as always. Hello. And I'm joined this week as well by Ethan, and not in a pre-recorded way. Hello, Ethan. No, we're all together live for once. Yeah. 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 Bravo. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff to catch up on this week, so we're just going to dive straight into it. In between the last episode and this one, seven days, there's been a whole nother round of fixtures, uh, which we totally, totally didn't predict um, on the series. Although, of course, we all predicted them because we're very professional. So we are just going to play catch up very, very quickly. Right, so Ethan did the best with nine and a half points in the round that you didn't know anything about. Uh, James came yeah, second. Twenty-one. Uh, he, <coughs> James oh, came okay. second with six and a half, but he was tied with Dan on six and a half. Joe was in third with five and a half. Jake we're in fourth with four and a half, but Dan in fifth with three and a half. Uh, Steve and myself uh, were tied on three, and at the bottom uh, is the man sat to my left, but not in this episode, is Andy with two and a half points. So there you go, little cameo. So uh, that's how he got on in round 21. And then in the round which uh, you didn't know anything about, uh, Joe did the best. Uh, or fact, no, he didn't. Joe, myself and Dan all tied with the best score of 12 and a half points. Second place was Dad with nine. Tied third. Yay. Tied third was Jake and Ethan with eight and a half. Andy was in fourth with seven. And in joint fifth was... James and Steve with six and a half. So a lot of tied results in the last round of fixtures. And overall, this is what I tried to do to begin with. Uh, James is top with 193 and a half points. It would have been very impressive if he got that out of 30 points in one week. Hmm. Cheat. Uh, Ethan is second with 193. Very close to him there, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, J- uh, social distancing though so don't get too close uh joe is in third with 190 tied with myself in fourth is mick with 172 (laughs) dan has 165 and a half steve 146 andy 145 and a half and at the bottom is jake with 144 so there you go that's uh, a lot of catching up done out of the way if you are confused by that don't worry because we are as well but we just go with it so do what we do uh there's a few topics that we want to discuss this week and the first one much to the delight of Ethan and I is mm. Southampton losing for the second time in two seasons by a scoreline of nine goals to nil I'm going to go to dad first though the the neutral supposedly in this situation dad is it alarm bells that Southampton have been hit for nine in two seasons or is it a case of they're unlucky, bad, bad injuries, you know, and the sort? They are, they are pretty depleted at the moment. Mm. Yes. Um, they weren't helped by uh, circumstances. Mm-hmm. I.e., referee was absolutely rubbish. He wasn't that good. No, he was. He was uh, dire, to say the least. No, he plays for Tottenham. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Dial was um, last night, but yeah, he was. <laughs> they they didn't help themselves when Jankovic got sent off, mm-hmm. um, and it sort of got worse from there. Really, mm. um, I didn't see the game. I was half listening to it because it was on. Um, the penalty, apparently, even though it does, I'm not bitching because it's Man United for a change. But it highlights something that we come on to later. 
the penalty wasn't. It was clearly not a penalty. Um, and Bednarek, what shouldn't have been sent off? Now, if that had been a close game and that had happened, well, it would have been a Barney, to be fair. Um, Hassan Hootle said after the game, or Southampton said the day after the game, that they are going to write to the the people in charge of the referees and what have you. And I don't know if it is so much a demand or a, re- a request that Mike Dean and Martin Atkinson... I think it's Lee Mason. Fish. I think it's Lee, Lee Mason. Uh, or was he yeah. in the booth, was he? Well, um... No, I don't think Whilst was, you'd don't say think what you were going to say, Dad, was... let me go on the Premier League website and find yeah. out. Uh, no, Lee gone... Mason was the fourth official. That's why. Okay. He was the fourth official. Yeah. Mike Dean was the ref, correct? Uh, yeah, he was. Of right, course okay. he was. I mean, in a game so with they... two red cards, Dad, do you really think yeah. Mike Dean wouldn't yeah, be the referee? Exactly. They sh- don't referee Southampton again. Um, subsequently, Bednarek's had his, over- his red card overturned. Um, and I mentioned on our chat group, guys, um, when that happens... Because bearing in mind the referee actually looked at that incident before he decided to send him off and still decided, Martin Atkinson, oh, I'm God, I'm never wrong. It was Graham Scott in the VAR. Oh, well, that's... Yeah, right, Okay. Um, Martin Atkinson looked at that. Fair enough, from the angle he was looking at it, he might have thought that Bednarek clipped the player as he went through. When he looked at subsequent... Uh, views you clearly see that he didn't so in my opinion that is a clear and obvious error mm-hmm. so he should have sent him off uh, sorry reversed <laughs> his decision and booked the Man United player for diving Martial but yeah. no yeah. but no oh look I can't make myself look a dick I'll have to send him off yeah right well that's Martin Atkinson we could spend days talking about that cut. Um, what I suggested, and I subsequently saw on, on Twitter um, after the game, uh, Matt Letizier, uh copied the, the um, notification from the FA that his red card had been overturned and his subsequent ban had been um, set aside. He basically said the same as I did. When is Martin Atkinson's band going to start? Because I think if a referee does that, can see that he's made a cock-up and still stands by it, he should be suspended for a game or a week, a game week. So that could be one or two games. And every subsequent time that he's seemed to do it, that suspension doubles. And, it also, and I also think the VAR should be able to turn around and say, Martin... You got it wrong, son. He didn't yeah. touch him. Not, oh, you might want to have a look at that because you <laughs> might think you're wrong. Martin Atkinson will never admit he is wrong. Nor will Mike Dean and nor will Lee Mason. They're a bloody disgrace to the referees of this country. They really are. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it goes back to a similar thing with um, Wolves when we were talking about that on the podcast, I believe, a couple of weeks back. And Wolves, I think, put in a, a request to not be refereed by Lee Mason after some of the decisions he made against them 
And yes, I, it, as we think we said at the point then, and we still, I still say now, referees in this country get too much protection, which means they they're allowed to get away with the decisions like what happened in the Man United Southampton game. Yeah, like they won't get any punishment from it, and not like punish, even if it's like punishment with the suspension that Mick says, like that would encourage referees to actually practice and try maintain a higher level of standard. But it won't happen because it's English referee and English football. So, yep, yeah. absolutely. At the very least, referees should be made to stand before the cameras after the game and answer questions on contentious decisions like that, because they may say, "Well, it looked like I thought it." That doesn't wash now, because you've got that little television monitor on the side of the pitch. How, how can he watch that? And think, oh, I got that right. Mm. He can't. And how did Che Adams' goal get strapped off? Uh, what part of his body that he could score with was offside? Oh, None of it. All, I could, that was all his... I could see was his was his Fingered elbow onwards. Well, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you can't score. You can't score with your hand. you can't score with your hand. Unless you're a goalkeeper putting it in your own net. <laughs> That decision yeah, but, with the Che Adams goal, when I saw it, it was like, with a lot of the other decisions, like what we talked about, the Brantford one, when he pointed to the ball, his arm was yeah. like, arm was offside, like, yeah, you can't score with your arm. But like, even with the Che Adams one, with the angles that they saw in the VAR, I don't even think he was offside, like, even by a how, hand. How long did it take them to cut? It took them, what, five minutes? It seemed mm. like it was going on forever. If you look at a picture like that and you think, oh, um, uh, oh, um, he might have a pube over the line. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, oh, sod it. We'll give it offside. No, if it ain't clear, yeah. you can't give it. You know, I've if said this. Zoom in. Yeah. You can't do it. I know. I've said this before. I've said this before. All right. There used to be a thing many moons ago for all of you youngsters out there uh, who are younger than Ethan and I, who are relatively young ourselves. There used to be this glorious rule called the benefit of the doubt for the attacker. Now, that was a fantastic rule because it gave the game a little bit of something called a flow. You may not have heard of this, but what it meant was games weren't stopping and starting every 10 seconds because of a decision about, as my dad said, somebody's pubic hair. So... I think... I'll, I'll tell you something else there used to be for offside. Clear daylight. Yeah, I know. But the, the thing is, all right, the thing is, all jokes aside, they were under so much pressure back in the day before VAR about decisions which were missed that they then decided, all right, we won't miss a single one and then we can't get bollocked for it. However, they then did the typical British thing of... We'll do it to the the extreme and therefore get bollocked for it the other way. So I think that every referee in the PGMO, every single one of them, needs to be retrained on VAR. They They need to be retrained on the laws of football. But more importantly, they need to sit when they're allowed to, when all of this pandemic business is over, to sit in the stand with a bunch of fans for a few games and get a sense of atmosphere. Get a sense of, you know, maybe getting that eagle eye view of you know, decisions, and if it doesn't look offside in real time, if it doesn't look like a foul in real time, the chances are it probably isn't. So instead of waiting for somebody to tell you after 10 years 
whether or not they ever so slightly tapped their toenail with the uh, with the uh, stud on the bottom of their boot. Get on with life. Get on with the game. Um, well, if it's clear and obvious, like the referee was scratching his nuts and picking his nose and didn't see the foul, then yeah, fair enough. Saying is it? Oi, you missed it. That's different. But if he looked at it and thought to himself, I don't know, move on. Or do what they do in rugby. Can you tell me if there was anything wrong with that? Yes or no? It's a very simple question. Is that, well, I think, I didn't ask you what you thought. Was there anything wrong? No. Right, we're giving it then. And another one, I don't want to see it in slow motion. I mm. want to see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my point about when, this, when they're allowed to sit in the stand. Watch it real time as a fan, not as a referee head, just as a supporter, a spectator. Watch it in real time and see what you think. And then afterwards, review it as if you were a referee and see what you would have done in real time. That's the point. I I read on Twitter, um, I follow quite a few of the uh, present day and previous generation of footballers. And I think it may have been Gary Lineker. I may be wrong, don't quote me. It was a general question to all professional footballers today, I think. Do you worry about celebrating a goal? Because how many times have they celebrated and three minutes later the fucking linesman's flag goes up or something? I know. Oh, hang on. VAR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'll go and have a look. Um, uh, Oh, can I phone a friend? Um, yeah. What are you ref- you're a referee, mate. You ain't got any. Um, yeah. It's just killing the game. At least in rugby, it's a stop-start game anyway. Yes. You watch the you watch the England Scotland game on Saturday, today when it is released. Um, you will see things on one side of a ruck that the referee won't, and you'll hear a voice in the background. Uh, foul play, blue number thirteen. All right, let's have a look. Right, yes, yes. Penalty to England. And you go, what the fuck was that for? And they'll show you. Oh, God, yeah. Another thing, you hear, if you buy one of the ref mic camera, uh, ref mic earphone jobby what's it, <laughs> you can hear the game from the referee's point of view. Because mm-hmm. you can hear him communicating with both linesmen, the TMO, and if you watch on the telly, you will see that the referee has a camera on his tunic. So you get a referee's view. Now that covers why you can understand a referee does give a decision that you don't agree with from a different angle, because that is facing the way the referee does. But it is in fantastic listen when you hear the referee or the linesman say, John, he just stamped on him back there. Do you want to have a look at that? All right. Fred in the com in the TMO. Can you have a look at that, uh, Gary? Yeah, we'll go back and have a look. Right, I'll put it up on the big screen for it. Okay, thanks. Wham! You hear it all. Yep. And then he has a look. He says, "No speed." I don't want to see it in slow motion. Yep. Penalty. Yellow card. Bang. It may be seven or eight phases further on, but because you're listening to it while the game's going on, you know that it's going to be happening. Yeah. It doesn't come as a big surprise when all of a sudden you get VAR. Uh, any reason 
Uh, we could piss the supporters off any more today, question mark. <laughs> yes, probably, because we're VAR. So, Ethan, I think it's a good idea. I think it will work, but I think that there are too many football players, too many spectators, too many coaches who won't like it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, they'll, there's, whenever you change something of football, there's always going to be a crowd shouting. Um we like the old-fashioned way and stuff like that, despite how bad the referee refereeing standards in the UK are. There'll still be people who complain the old-fashioned way is going to be better. You're always going to have that crowd. I think the FA as well are particularly stubborn with this idea. Uh, with, and they always protect their referees, despite... Despite, I don't... Criticism, like, really abusive criticism is not what referees need, but even, like, my competence... Comedance? What is that word? Comments <laughs> from the managers. Um, <laughs> comedance is a new word. Uh, comments from managers, just like saying I don't agree with the referee's decision or stuff like that, can be penalised. Stuff like that shouldn't happen, uh, but it will. And it's depressing to feel like it won't change, despite the sensible ideas that Mick have just suggested, which I 100% agree with. I just don't see a change happening because of the world the environment of football I couldn't agree more well, that's, it's a sad indictment of the game really, it is isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, it, uh, referees have to give interviews after the game managers sorry have to give interviews after the game correct yes or, re- yeah. or representative from the club and it's I think they have usually to a coaching the hour, member yeah. within the hour I think so and you hear them interviewed on the radio you know what do you think of that I can't tell you what I think because I don't want to pay a fine hmm. why sh- you ask the question you should be able to give your opinion as long as it's not personally abusive yeah, yeah as long as you're not calling, calling somebody as long as you're not questioning their parentage or their sexuality hmm. or their religion or you're just saying is a crap referee or he's a referee that made many mistakes today which I've heard Jose Mourinho say in the past and get fined when he's just telling the truth Mm. if the managers or a member of coaching staff have got to do it then the referee not one of his assistants the referee has to be accountable for his um, crimes performance (laughs) for his performance (laughs) Because you can guarantee guarantee that if it was a crucial um, decision and he got it right, he wouldn't even take his kit off. He'd blow the whistle and go looking for a cameraman to record his interview about how bloody brilliant he was. Certainly, certain referees would. Like, the Southampton, the second Southampton red card wasn't that important because Southampton were pretty lost at that point anyway. But that's beside the point. It could have impacted him for this weekend's game. Well, the Arsenal Wolves game had the exact like same decision. And Who's the host the here? You're like Weeds. reading my mind. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's called it's called planning, Alex. You've done this <laughs> um, it's, with the with the David Louise one. Have you seen? I'm guessing you two have seen that. Um, no, I haven't. But his was his wasn't overturned, was it? No, uh, no, it was originally a record and upheld. Oh, yeah, I've just I've seen that and I've just gone. Yeah, just pissed me off with how, like, I've seen, I saw a great post on Instagram of um, three different tackles. It was um, Bruno Fernandez with a tackle on an Arsenal player a few weeks back. Um, 
Mane when he whacked his arm in the player's face and stuff like that. Alexander Arnold when he's got his studs up into someone's thigh. And then David Luiz when his knee has tapped the heel very very slightly of the Wolves player he's running through on goal. And then just the caption on top, one of these was a red card. Yep. Yep. And it just for me just sounds Who was the official awful. on the Arsenal bed? Let me find I that piece of information out for you. I will uh, I will guess it's either Coates or Mason. Okay. Bear with. I'm nearly there. It can't Wolves be Mason because Mason was the official for Southampton, wasn't he? Right, here we go. The referee was Craig Pawson. <laughs> the VAR was Jonathan Moss. That was it. Oh, <laughs> of course. Of course. oh dear! Who's who of incompetence, isn't it? Yeah, it is really. referees in this in yeah. this country. Yeah. Bring back Kalini. <laughs> right here we go. So I've just got something that I think is very important for us to say. In no way do the three of us who are regulars talking about football, as you should know by now, in no way do any of us question the difficulty of a referee's job. It's not something that us three, I'm certain, would like to do. Um, And I do respect anybody all the way down from grassroots level all the way to the Premier League and higher for doing what they do. However, when they do it badly and do it consistently badly and are not ever sort of held accountable for it, that's when the questions start to arise. That's when the frustrations kick in. I think, I really believe, and I said it earlier, the referees just need to have a refresh you know they need to be refreshed they need to basically say forget everything that you've done you've got a clean slate study again this is the laws of the game this is how they're going to be interpreted because think about it this season already what have we had two or three changes to how a handball is percepted in one season it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah exactly so what what do the initials PMO stand for PGMO yeah. I believe it means, and I apologise if I'm wrong, professional game match officials or something like that. Right. That key, the first word is key. Yeah. Professional game match be- officials board. So if you hear somebody say you're a professional referee, you'd like to think that they're half decent at their job? Exactly that, mate. Yeah. And they're not even half decent, some of them. No. And mm. that is exactly why, that is exactly why there needs to be a, a sort of a very deep refresh a sort of a this is what we deem as handball this isn't if on VAR I mean I don't understand how it can be dubious about whether or not an arm is in an unnatural position or not it either is or it isn't well unless it's sticking out of his arse exactly (laughs) yeah but you get what I'm saying it's obvious if he's deliberately handballed it or if he hasn't how do you think we managed for bloody donkey's years without VAR and there weren't very many controversial handballs Diego Maradona, Thierry Henry, but but however, they're saying that does it does it make his silhouette bigger? Mm. What the f- oh, it's, yeah, and you can have your arms above your head and it's still being in an actual position if you're jumping. Yep, but they class that as not being in an actual position. You try jumping to win a header without putting your arms in the bloody air. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Oh, I just think moving on the bottom line. The referees in this country are shocking. It's very, it's almost embarrassing that there were four red cards in two games and two of them have been overturned. Who's the other? Um, David Luiz. David Luiz, I thought. All right. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. 
Oh, I thought it was. All right, I beg your pardon. Leno's, then. Can't, Leno's can't be overturned. Did you see Leno's? Yes, I did. It was ridiculous. Yes, All right, I apologise. Run out the box. Run out the box and just handball it away and pretend like try and disguise it so nobody notices it. I don't know what Leno was doing uh, there, but yes. But the point is, though, but, we mentioned it. David Luiz's wasn't a red card. So the fact of the matter is that the I FA the fact of the matter this. is that the FA have said that is a red card we're going to keep it when it is so clearly not is another form of embarrassment a that one of their officials had his decision overturned despite the fact he's got a video assistant referee and two the one that had a video assistant referee and subsequently could have been rescinded after the game as well is being stuck with even though it's less of a red card than the one that was overturned. I just cannot understand it whatsoever. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Before we do move on, however, I would just like to cut very quickly to a little advertisement that I'd like to do, uh, and that is for my darling fiance. For those of you that don't know, last year she did a sponsored row for the NHS in the global pandemic that we currently find ourselves in. This year... She's doing it again, however, on a much larger scale. Last year, she rode the equivalent of one marathon from the comfort of her own home and raised over £1,300 for the NHS. And she received such fantastic support from absolutely everybody. So thank you if you did do that. She's asking for your help again, but this time for a hospital which is incredibly close to her heart. It is our local hospital, which has picked her up more times than a vacuum picks up dust. And I have to tell you that the ward that she has chosen Chosen to donate to primarily is the ward where she spent a hell of a long time in her uh, child years. It is the Charlie's Day Unit Ward at the Basingstoke and North Hampshire Hospital uh, and Ward G2. That is our local hospital. I myself have stayed in that ward. Um, my sister is special needs. She spent more times in there than I think any of us put together. And it is a fantastic, fantastic unit, and they deserve all of the support that they can get. There will be a link in the description of the YouTube video, and there will be a link in the a tweet which links you to the Spotify page for this episode if you could please head on over to Just Giving read Alex's story in a bit more detail and if you can donate whilst you're there it doesn't matter if it's a quid it doesn't matter if it's 20 quid anything will go such a long way she's rowing the equivalent of four marathons this time so you know Please support her while you can, and when you've done it, share it with your friends and your family, their colleagues, their neighbours, your colleagues, your neighbours. Get it spreading like wildfire. I can tell you on her behalf. Thank you, Dad. I can tell you on her behalf. She will be very grateful for every single penny that she raises. Let's get back to the football and let us move on to the next topic that we wanted to discuss, one that we actually didn't know that we were going to discuss until just before we sat down to record. Dad, you can take the lead on this one because you sent it to us. What is it you wanted to mention? Well, I just thought it very interesting. Um, It shows what um, strange times we live in. That FIFA have now said that teams do not have to release players in the next in in the March international breaks I'll read you the first paragraph Premier League clubs can prevent their Portuguese or South American players travelling to represent their national teams in the March international break so that means the likes of Alisson Fernandes Bruno Fernandes no he's Portuguese he's Portuguese so he could be prevented from Uh travelling is it South America 
it's a Portuguese, no, Portuguese or South American. Oh, I beg your pardon. So any uh-huh. Brazilians, Argentinians, Uruguayans, so U- Uruguayans, uh-huh. whoever, the clubs can say, "Sorry, pal, you ain't going," and there's nothing the quad the squad can do. So here you go. Portugal stars such as Bruno Fernandes, Manchester City's Bernardo Silva, there's several Brazilian Brazil players, Edison and Gabriel Jesus, Thiago Silva, Ricarlison, Roberto Firmino, could all be said, all be told, uh, you ain't going. Wow. And there's there's nothing the countries can do about it. Um I would imagine the likes of Klopp and Guardiola are going yippee doo <laughs> because normally they come back with a side strain or a niggly knee or an ankle injury. Normally, the South American players, because they play when they're Brazil and Argentina are playing against each other, it's like World War Three. They don't care if they kick the crap out of each other or not, but that's just their teammates. From the club. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was interesting Sir Alex Ferguson would have loved that role Mm. oh he wouldn't have exposed it would he exploited (laughs) it Ethan what do you think yeah that was just kind of say on a similar point with like Alex Ferguson was that not a kind of unwritten rule already with the (laughs) amount of like fake an injury or something like that how many caps would gigs have had cool you've had hundreds yeah the thing like um, Marcus Rashford um, often gets a injury like during the before yeah, he does. getting to the squad or something like that. And the amount of times he just and he's always back fit, fit for the end of the international break. Just think, funny, wouldn't it? It's yeah, funny. it's funny, isn't that? It's just oh, he's he's broken his neck and will be laid up for at least twelve months. Oh, the international window's broke, finished. Oh, he's better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't as bad as we thought. It just split his nail. <laughs> what was you saying, Ethan? Sorry, mate. No, yeah, no, yeah. That was a cause. Gonna make the same joke, actually. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like yeah, it's it's the rules come in. It's just has that has that really changed anything? In my opinion, not with faking injuries, but well, yeah, they don't have yeah. to do that now. They can just say you ain't going. It's no, they don't have to do the, fake the injury. It's all to do with the quarantine periods that are involved in them um, either arriving or. Uh, Arriving in or arriving yeah, so back traveling from to the country. Yeah. So that means yeah. they'd have to go now. Hence why. To... Oh. Yeah. Have we lost Alex? No, I'm here. I was just letting oh, you finish. Right. Right. Um, right. Hence right. why <laughs> the um, Liverpool against RB Leipzig game cannot be carried out in Germany for similar no, reasons. Did you, did you also hear? That if Leipzig can't get a suitable venue, Liverpool will be awarded 3 0. I didn't hear that. Jesus. No, it's because Leipzig can't honour the fixture, they will yeah. be deemed to have lost 3 0. God's sake. This goes back to what we said at the beginning of the year in one of the first podcasts of 2021, wasn't it? The three of us it said, about- surely that means that they just have to null and void the season or uh, halt mm. the season. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's COVID. That's bad. It, it went. Was that about the Newcastle Man City game or something like that? Yeah. Oh, when it got cancelled. Jurgen Klopp's banging on about that now, isn't he? About the Manchester City getting a break at the mm. middle of the season. Jurgen oh, Klopp's yeah. starting to get on my nerves. I will be honest. He is starting. To, he is he starting is so to sound like Jose Mourinho. Yeah. 
And it's just, I mean, for, in terms of Jürgenkopf's defence, I would be frustrated if I were him, like with the amount of injuries and stuff like that. Yes, but it's also it's also because Liverpool still, despite they still got a good squad despite the injuries. I've got dogs barking. That may you be apparent. The, dogs out. <laughs> the point is um, that sorry, Ethan, I thought you'd finish, mate. No, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, Liv- yeah, I was just just gonna say that like this, Logan Cobb does Liverpool do have a like a plethora of injuries, but they haven't been performing. It's not just their squad is entirely injured. They've got like the likes of Salah and Firmino and Mane haven't performed. It's a brief tangent, but yeah, well, didn't just they yeah, talking to- about Klopp being annoying, but yeah. Liverpool had the most um, favourable set of fixes over the Christmas period, though, we, as we mentioned in the in the podcast around that time. So, no, Jurgen Klopp is getting on my tits. <laughs> Say it as it is. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think um, I think that it's just uh, I think that uh, stopping players from travelling is a good idea at this point in time, anyway because it's not really essential to travel abroad to play football. Um, So I do think it's a good idea. However, I do understand the... This might seem a little bit controversial. I understand, to an extent, the argument that um, football is a relief for a lot of people around the world at this point in time. However, that's around the world. It doesn't mean you should travel around the world to do it. Just stick to your club exactly. football for now. Cancel the international break. I still think that the Euros in the summer are going to be postponed again um, yeah. if things continue the way that they're going. I really, really do. But we shall have to wait and see. Jose Mourinho, Ethan. We know all about him. Yes. We endured his football for far too long. Do you think, bearing in mind that he has just lost back-to-back home league games as a manager for the first time in his 20 plus year career do you think he's lost his touch yeah I thought he lost his touch at United but uh, the style of football is not really particularly attractive I think it was over at the start of the season Kane and Son are just such an incredible strike force that you put them in any system they're going to score like like so many goals Uh but at the moment they've just looked pretty bad and I'm still baffled by some of the team selections for example I told, mentioned before earlier Eric Dyer annoys me so much that he starts in the Tottenham team he's not even the championship player he is really that bad um, and he cost them the game against Chelsea uh, with that penalty it was a stupid I don't know if you saw how that penalty was given but it was just idiotic defending from Dyer. Oh, I didn't yeah. see it. No. No. Oh, yeah. Basically, he slid in on the floor. A kind of it was a scruffy. Kind of got the ball. Kind of didn't, and just stayed on the floor, kicking out at Tino Werner, and eventually just kicked Tino Werner in the back, and he fell over, like in the back of his heel, and he fell over. Dear, oh dear. Oh, yeah. Uh, see the the joke online that the only reason Eric Dyer still gets in this Tottenham team is because he speaks Portuguese and that just gets Mourinho right <laughs> off right there um, I just it's it's so weird to think like it's just a kind of similar case with Frank Lampard at Chelsea at the, tar- the start of the season we were talking about a possible title challenge from Spurs yep and now <laughs> their fans probably are worrying about finishing above Arsenal like West Ham look like they're going to f- be the out and out, out and out top London team this season. Certainly won't be for them for that, but uh, huh. 
Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I just think Mourinho's tactics is just—it's not nice football to watch. We, we bear that at United. The, the game for you that made you, I remember Alex, hate his style was against Sevilla. Yep. I mean, Man United got knocked out in the Champions League to Sevilla. Yeah. It's. I f- feel like he's too big of an ego to bring to any club. Mm-hmm. Just at Man United, it really didn't work. I. I, I with the board, whole board situation, the banning eyeball, we, the glazes are just horrible. But even still, Mourinho did not do himself any favours with the way he went about his, his the way in interviews, the way he presented himself, his attack on Luke Shaw, who Luke Shaw now looks insane. Oh yeah, uh, I, t- I do think he's past it, and I, c- I can't see him him winning a trophy at Spurs they're going to lose the league up to Man City realistically if they do win that then kudos and yeah I, d- I just think he should retire soon honestly just stop ruining his reputation I can agree with you there mate mm-hmm. I can agree with you there Dad do you have anything to say on uh, Mr Jose very quickly um, why didn't he make changes sooner yesterday on mm-hmm. Thursday, as we record him. Um, and what has Gareth Bale done to piss him off? Well, not played football. He's, <laughs> Gareth Bale, Phil, is just completely past it. I thought when Gareth Bale would return to Tottenham, he would be revived. And the only games he's really... I know he's only start, really started the games in, like, I don't know, Marine, an eighth-tier Marine, or in the Europa League. Yeah. But even in that game, he hasn't looked too impressive. Well, he's not given Doesn't... time. He's not given any match time. That, people, yeah, are do, do... About, people are saying about Deli Ali. Well, he's injured at the moment, so that's why yeah. he wasn't in the squad. Yeah. But even when he is, why? Do... Who yeah. blocks him going on loan to PSG? Probably uh... Mourinho. I don't know. I don't exactly. Know if... It's but... just like if if it is Mourinho, why would he block him if he's not going to play him? Well, it's... exactly. Uh, but he keeps he keeps bigging him up. We could do with a fit Deli Alley. What? So he could sit on the bench and you not bring him on. Because let's be honest, people say he hasn't got a plan B. I'm struggling to see what his plan A is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jose, yeah. isn't it now? <laughs> just Oh he's he's blamed the referee. Of course but, he has. But he always does. That's what's yeah, the but I and that was Andre Mariner, who I think's actually one of the better referees. Yes, but me there too. You there you go. There you go. And a very quick was message. That, was, oh, sorry, you can go. Up. I was going to say, was that um, contesting the penalty decision against? <laughs> Probably. No, no. I if just saw was. the headline. Um, just saw the headline. Mourinho blames Rafael. Nothing new. Didn't even bother reading the story. Yeah. If it is about that penalty decision, that's just stupid because it's all Eric dies for. He's laid on the floor and just kicked out on Werner. Like he had plenty of time to get up and try and get the ball again. And if it's in the penalty area, why even risk it? Risk that? It's oh, hate that. <laughs> he is frustrating. Yes, yes, he and is. He keeps getting in the England squad, and that is it's... the latest <laughs> person to get the job done over him. Um, and I'm going to ask you a very simple question, and I want a, a very, very short answer, Dad. Thomas Duchel has come in at Chelsea he's had three games he's won two of them he's drawn the other 
The first one, I think, is unfair for it to be on his record because he had one training session with them. But there you go. Agreed. But there you go. Dad, do you think Thomas Tuchel will get Chelsea rising up the table very, very quickly and continue the good form that he has started off with? Yes. Okay, Ethan? Uh, yes. Right. I know you like Tuchel, so there you go. Right. I think it's time that Ethan takes the reins and guides us through this week's, this weekend's fixtures. Oh, oh, what are we going to talk about Southampton? We started it, yeah. Well, I just just really want just to put a prediction if uh, Southampton don't beat Newcastle, I think Ralph Hufflehoofel. No. I pronounce his name. I think he could be gone within the next by the end of March. That's what disagree. Totally disagree. I think so. But no, yeah. I th- I think he'll be there to the end of the season at least. I hope he is. I'm not saying I don't want him to be sad, but with the run of the fixtures that they have, it's not really going to get too much easier. And the South the Southampton fans don't care. Well, obviously they care about being ni- beaten nine nil, but they understand that his way of that, particularly against Man United, it wasn't helped by the stupidity of one of their players. Mm. Um, on his debut but on his mm-hmm. debut as well 19 years old he will mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. Um, they picked up Miramino from Liverpool didn't they on loan yeah. um, no the, the Saints fans like the way that he gets them playing football they they <sighs> at the moment they, that football's they, not getting them results like, I know the squad is heavily depleted but they've got the, six the points fans in the will, last 27 uh, from the, the fans, the fans will the fans will let them off with that for a little while I, I believe um, mm-hmm. no I, I think he's safe for the rest of the season I hate to tell you this dad but they've only got nine points out of the last 30 so yeah, yeah it's, I, not, it's, it's not been good no but, but I, I, I still think they're safe and huh? Hassan Hassan Hootle's safe as well. They would never. They, if they yeah, were, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're not going to That's not the implication. If they like, put, if they predicted to be fighting for European places, then yes, I'd agree. It'd be under pressure, but they'd be happy with a top ten finish. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't see them finishing the top half now this season. But oh, I do. They'll come good again. Well, right. It's okay to disagree, on, uh, Ethan. Yes. Very quickly, was it? it was you wasn't it that told me that the reason you think that is because of all of the Southampton managers in a certain period of time that have had more than 50 games in charge of the club none of them have lasted more on average than 87 games yeah so since the start of the Premier League era um, any Southampton manager that's lasted over 50 games for the club uh, the average games that they manage in all competitions is 88 games and Ralph is on 93 He's How many did longer, Pochettino do? Uh, Sixty odd. Cumin uh, was ninety-one. Uh, so he's he's uh, Ralph has got the most managed uh, Southampton games for a foreign manager. He's the got played the best football for years, though, hasn't he? Apart from the two nine nils. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the point because like that was just because at the start of the season they were. On course to beat Ronald Koeman's record tally with Southampton, and it's recently dropped off. Uh, they went from up until their nine, uh, well, nine nil, well, three nil win against Sheffield. I think it was. They had picked up about sixty-seven points from one hundred, possible one hundred and twenty, and now they've just picked up, as Alex said, nine from thirty-six from the last possible twenty-seven. 
It's yeah, it's just a blip. It is a blip, but it, with football nowadays, like Frank Lampard had one blip. I know it's a different ball and stuff like that, but stuff happened. Uh, Frank Lampard had a blip and he was gone. Very so, true. That's, we'll see. That's, and a march, I think he could be gone. That's all. That's, that's, no, that's comparing apples and pears, though. Frank Lampard had a blip. He was at Chelsea. Off you go. Mm. Um, I tell you what. <laughs> If he does become available, I feel sorry for Steve Bruce because Newcastle will take him. Because <laughs> yeah. well, he plays attacking football, and that's mm. what the Geordie fans want. Well, they're, looking at, they're looking at Southampton jealous because mm. they're they're not happy with the way they're playing football. Well, they Bruce and Ralph do play each other on the weekend. Speaking of which, should we move on to the predictions for the weekend? That's a very clever shoehorn. Very clever yes. shoehorn. <laughs> Right, on. go on, Ethan. Am I leading? You are. <laughs> yes, that's why I said go on, Ethan. Sorry, I was just getting pizza. Right, um, <laughs> uh, the first game is Aston Villa Arsenal. What have you gone for, Mick? Uh, both lost their last game. Current form, mm. Aston Villa slightly better. One all draw. Ooh. What have you gone for, Alex? Well, first of all, I'd like to totally disagree that Dad said that their most recent form is better than Arsenal because they've picked up seven points in their last 24, whereas Arsenal have picked up 14. But anyway... um, Last four games, That aside... Yeah, uh, I'm actually going for an Arsenal win by two goals to one. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. Arsenal have been very good up until that Wolves, and that was mainly due to the red card. Oh well. Uh, Burnley Brighton. Yeah, love Sam Dyche. Uh, Sean Dyche, even. I'm off of very bloody <laughs> names, aren't I? Oh, uh, did you see his interview? The um, the uh, kids, the one he was talking about with the game he played with oh, his kids, yes. the lookalike. Brilliant. No, I didn't. Um, Brilliant! Oh, that you have to, That was a brilliant interview. That's one of my favourites. Absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Send it to me. Will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the on the uh, the Dubry, the game, uh, nil two, Brighton win. Mm-hmm. How about you, Alex? I think Brighton are an interesting side because when you think they're going to lose, they win. When you think they're going to win, they draw. And when you think they're going to draw, they lose. So it's really near on impossible to predict Brighton and Hove Albion because they've got five wins and only eight losses. And then the rest of them is just like, nah, let's share. Let's just share. So, yeah. God knows. Um, I've gone for a nil-nil draw, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won by ten goals to nil. So, you know. <laughs> I think ten goals would surprise me. Um, <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, I, I Brighton are. Uh, yeah, they do play some good football. They just mm. often don't get the results, but they have been recently. So exactly. Newcastle Southampton, the game we were talking about. Uh, I'm going to go for two one Southampton. Mm. Finally, a win for Southampton. How about you, Alex? I've gone for exactly the same scoreline. Okay, fair enough. And so I think Brucey. that this will be the game. That makes Mike Ashley have to dig in his pocket and pay Steve Bruce to leave. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Fulham West Ham. Yeah, uh, sorry, Mister Cool Guy on the 
touchline, Mr. Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. David Moyes, what is he doing at West Ham? Wow, brilliant job. Uh, yeah. I I think if he got Man United playing like West Ham then Man United fans would think he's the next Sir Alex Ferguson yeah but, yeah um, nil 3 West Ham away win 3-0 wow ok what about you Alex I've actually gone for what seems to be a bit of a West Ham favourite uh, 3-1 to West Ham yeah they do struggle with clean sheets mm-hmm. but they do yeah. I mean can I just say whilst we're talking about West Ham Ethan and I are Manchester United fans I don't know about Ethan I'm speaking for myself I do like Jesse Lingard I think the last couple of seasons he's sort of had personal problems off the pitch that have affected his performances on the pitch Uh, that just so happens to coincide with when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in but I do think he's a quality footballer he proved that on his debut I haven't seen his second goal but I have seen the first one what a hit can I just it's, it's very funny listening to David Moyes being interviewed after a game especially when Mikel Antonio yeah, has played has played well. I just find it so. It's so. I don't know. It's not anything serious, but I find it funny that he calls him Mick. <laughs> oh, Mick had a great game. I thought Mickey was brilliant. <laughs> I think who the fuck is Mick? It's you. <laughs> no, it's you I'm, playing. He's talking then about I'm you. Thinking, I don't play. Then I think, oh, he means McCarley, McCarley, whatever his name is. That and t- yeah, I've, I've never heard anybody call him Mick before. I just think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I also, have, like, fuck all. <laughs> I also have a friend at uni he's a West Ham fan uh, called Liam and I don't do you know that clip of David Moyes going that's what I do I win yep every, every time West Ham wins he posts that to his Snapchat story and every time he just gets me a smile at me cracks a smile it's yeah. just yeah I mean funny. Ethan what do you think about Jesse though yeah I, I'm glad that he's gonna I want him to do well West Ham even if like even if it could like don't know go against us like why didn't he play like that but he has had a lot of issues off the pitch involving like his family and stuff like that yeah I don't think he did well in terms of his image with his mer- his branding his merchandise no sorry his merchandise um but he he could still be a quality player look at that FA Cup winning goal he scored look at uh, him dancing at the Emirates he has a lot of good moments he had a one of um full time devils when that was still called full time devils yeah. quite a bit like he he did look like he really appreciated the fans at United mm-hmm. so I hope he does well I mean he had so a good I, start it was he it, continues it sorry Ethan no I was just saying hope he continues his start yeah. for the ladies and gentlemen at home you may realise that really there's no professionalism in this podcast we just love talking over each other it's fantastic I'm eating that's because we don't have the video yeah. up <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating pizza right now we're going to see that in the video <laughs> So professional, but um, I was just gonna—I was just gonna uh, say very, very quickly that um, you mentioned that when he danced at the Emirates. All right, he mm. after that game he tagged the Emirates as the dance floor. Now, yeah, whenever Arsenal are talking about the Emirates, they call it their dance floor. He's living rent-free in their head. It's yes. fantastic. Well, yeah. I have, really? an, I have another, another uni friend who's an Arsenal fan and he was at that game and he was in the section of the stand where Jesse Lingard danced at him. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he hates him with a passion for it. Oh. Like, oh. Never Brilliant. mind. Brilliant. Next game. Yeah, man, is it? Yeah, Manchester United versus Everton. Yes. Mm. Uh, there you go. 
I'm going to go for my trusted 2-2. Oh. Have you gone for your trusted 2-1, Alex? Am I that predictable? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you are. Apparently, Pickford had a good game the other night, and I missed it. I didn't see it, so... Yeah, well, we didn't see it, so it didn't happen. No, but apparently... Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Tottenham versus West Brom. Oh, fuck it, Al. How the hell can you predict Tottenham? Um, <laughs> fucking hell I'm looking at the odds right odds mm. from their betting partner Tottenham yeah, are 1.44 a win yeah West Brom are 7.75 right any sane man would say oh it's banker for Spurs wouldn't they only if you've never seen them play yep oh god I hate this job right 1-0 mm. Spurs alright oh, Okay. Have you gone for a Spurs win as well, Alex? I have, and another statistic. Mm. I'm coming out with the statistics this week. Another statistic. This is the first time that Tottenham have suffered a hat-trick of successive league defeats since Andre Villas-Boas in November 2012. God. Do you know those oh. are... And also... So that's that. It is also the first time Mourinho has lost uh, three successive home games no it's two it's two, two sorry. and I said yeah. that earlier oh. yes <laughs> did you I was, <laughs> yes, as usual son I probably wasn't listening <laughs> yes. um, and I bet you don't cut that bit out you yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you gone for <laughs> I've gone 2-0 to Tottenham because I think <laughs> it's West Brom and Sam Allardyce has been out of football for too long and is no longer the saviour hmm yeah, mm. fair criticism. They look good. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Leicester City. Right. If you gone for I, I, I understand that Vardy could well be back. Yes. With this one. Mm-hmm. They haven't really missed him because Madison's been playing brilliantly. Yes, he's um, been fantastic. It's between, I think, Madison and Ward Prowse as to who plays that role in the midfield for England at the moment. Mm. Um, I don't know, Foden's still been incredible for City. Like, He's not getting. Yeah, but he's delivering he free kicks ain't anywhere near as good as War Prowse, no. is it? No. But War Prowse has been playing right back. That's another thing you say about Southampton. He was playing right back at the weekend. And he's a midfielder. They're that depleted that he he was covering. Who did they play last week? City? Yeah. He was. Was he right back? He was told to play either right back or left back to mark Silver. So if you're pinning your best player back, you're going to lose, aren't you? Yep. That's just just shows. It just goes to show that they're that depleted with defenders. They had to put their most attacking player in defence. Anyway, moving on. Two-one um, Leicester. Fair enough. Have you gone for Leicester win as well, Alex? I've gone for Jamie exactly Vardy the same the score line as my dad. Oh, of course. Jamie yeah, Vardy off the bench. Well, we well. don't at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you never know with these similar scores. Uh, <sighs> Liverpool City, the big game of the weekend. Yes. Hmm. Um, I know what I should do. <laughs> um, and I know what I'm going to do, but you guarantee it ain't going to happen. Um, I'm going to go for a 2 3 win for Man City. Ooh. So, that's, 
So that means it's 1-0 Liverpool, scrappy penalty at the end. <laughs> I would love Liverpool to win that just for City to draw points. I'd like to see Liverpool win it to keep the title open. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, from a Man United perspective, of course. But what about you, Alex? I agree with you. I can't believe these words are going to leave my mouth and I might have to get a bucket and throw up in a minute, but I would prefer Liverpool to win. But... Is that the bit you want to be sick over on the next yeah, bit? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think City will win by three goals to one. I heard today that a major bookie, I don't know how true this is, has paid out on Man City winning the league this year. Paid out? Yep. Moving on. Really? Yeah. Really. The only seven points ahead of Man of Liverpool who are in fourth. Fucking but hell. if apparently it's game over. Moving no, on. It, I do see our favourites, but oh well. Uh, Sheffield United Chelsea. Oh dear. Oh dear. Mm. Poor Chris. Oh, well, just before you like. I know the Sky Pundit, I don't know who he is, but the, he does the Sky Sports predictions. He predicted Sheffield to win this one, 1 0. Do, do you think that'll be the same case, Nick? Uh, last year, possibly. 3 mm-hmm. 0 um, Chelsea. Fair enough, a bit of a thrashing. What have you gone for, Alex? I don't think they'll Nothing thrash wrong them. with a bit of a thrashing. I don't think they'll thrash mm-hmm. them. I think that Sheffield United have played a hell of uh, a lot better than people give them credit for this season. They have just been unlucky. Um, Okay, ultimately it just counts that they've got 17 defeats, I know that, but they have been unlucky um, and they are 11 points away from safety, so the chances are that the bookie should pay out on them being relegated. But... Mm. I agree. I do think that they will give Chelsea a hell of a run for their money but Chelsea will just just edge it by one goal to nil did you yeah. hear um, Tuchel in his post-match um, about Mason Mount uh, he, no he basically um, has said that he is pretty much one of the first names down on the team sheet now I don't. And once I he gets Kante back fit and fit and well and playing to his best, and he gets Werner playing well and at his best, Chelsea are going to come close this year. I don't think Mason Mount gets way too much criticism. Like I do. I know, He's a brilliant player. Yeah. Brilliant he player. runs for miles. He's passionate for his club. That's, and that's what Tuchel likes about him: the fact that he puts a shift in. Um, he he's one of the the first players in the box at a, an attacking situation, and he's one of the the first wave of defenders running back as well. That's what he likes about him. He's an all round good footballer. Mm. Moving on to I would say the final game of the weekend, but this is actually on Monday. Leeds United versus Crystal Palace. Same self around. What have you gone for, Nick? Well, I'm pleased I looked at the sports website before I did this pick. Um, because God, on there I looked? saw that uh, Wilfred Zaha is going to be out for several weeks mm-hmm. um, with a hamstring so um, he's been playing quite well lately can't see where the goals are going to come from for Palace without Zaha running rigs he may not score them 
but he he certainly um, moves defenders around so that there's space for other players. On the other hand, Leeds are playing well. Bamford has got his scoring boots on. Three one Leeds. Cool. All right. Yeah. What have you gone for, Alex? I agree with my dad about Wilfred Zaha being out is a problem for Crystal Palace because much like a lot of people say that um, certain teams rely on certain players heavily like the banter of Fernandez carrying Man United which let's face it he does um, mm-hmm. Zaha carries Palace so without him they're nothing and um, I can't see any <coughs> other result other than Leeds 3 Palace nil because they've got no attacking threat without Zaha none that you can write home mm. about anyway. I would say what's oh, it, there we go. or something like that um, I don't know if he's injured or not for Palace but him from a set piece he's pretty good from a set piece I know that who? so if pick uh, Milicevic or something oh, right. like that okay. uh, the Crystal Palace midfielder I, I do really like him he's yeah. like a from a set piece oh, like more proud-esque at times but yeah that's all the predictions that's all for the predictions for that round who's just fallen off their stool the rats decided to no. knock a box off the top of the cage who let the rats out so yeah um, there you go um, I have one final point that I'd like to make before we conclude the podcast um, and that is this do we believe do we believe because we were asked to do this by uh, a viewer a former colleague of mine uh, I don't know if you saw this Ethan but uh, Jay left a comment asking us to predict to predict and I'm trying to delay it whilst I find the comment to make sure I'm guessing it right but I haven't yet um, <laughs> I saw it and I can't remember the wording for it bear with me this has totally backfired in my face here we go uh, do or can we predict the transfer window closing uh, rough predictions on where teams will end up so the top four relegation and the dark horse contenders for Europe so right, if, okay. if we look at the league table now, the top four. If we look at the top six, Can we start sorry, from the I, bottom because start from the bottom because that's yeah. easier. Well, I'll tell you the top yeah. six and then the bottom. Okay, what I'll do is I'll tell you first to sixth, ninth to eleventh, and eighteenth to twentieth. All right, well, Manchester City, eight. Manchester United, Leicester, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea is the top six. Villa, yeah. Arsenal, Leeds are in the middle, and Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United are at the bottom. Yeah. Do you think that's going to stay the same, or do you think some other teams that are in and around those positions are going to swap and change with other people or each other? Dad, you can go first. The bottom three are gone. Yeah. Um, whether it's in the order they are now, but I can't see Burnley dropping eight points to get involved. I really can't. So Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United. Thanks for coming. Bye bye. Yeah. 100% agree with there. I can't. I see that. As much as I'd love for them to stay up and say Newcastle drop down, the points difference between the teams there already, I think, is too great. I can see maybe Sheffield United finishing above uh, finishing above, above West Brom. Finishing above West Brom. I can see Chris Wilder doing that, but I think those bottom three other teams getting relegated. Yeah. Well, I have to be very boring here, ladies and gentlemen at home. I agree. Uh, I do believe that the bottom three are the bottom three. Um, and I, although Burnley are 17th, they're eight points above. 
they're they're laughing all their way to the the Premier League payday. Um, Newcastle, as I said again, Ethan. I hope they get relegated too, not because of the fans. Mm-hmm. I love Newcastle fans, but because of their owner. So um, that's that's my position on it. Uh, let's move to the middle of the table. As I said, Aston Villa, Arsenal, Leeds, Dad. Uh, yeah. Southampton will pick up again. Um, okay, because at the moment they're twelve. Southampton. Yeah, I, I can see them finishing top ten. Okay, in the middle Wait, may, or higher? Maybe, maybe tenth, maybe eighth. They'll be between eight and ten. Okay. But the um, other two, do you reckon same, they'll stay there? Arsenal will finish higher than that. Arsenal will finish sixth to sixth, seventh or eighth. Okay. I. I I don't know. I don't see Southampton finishing top half. I think because I think, as I said before, the end of March they've got not the easiest run of fixtures in the league. I can't see them picking up enough points to finish in the top half compared to the other teams around them. I see Arsenal getting up there. They've Arteta's done a great job turning around the disaster that their start of the season was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aston Villa. I do really like Aston Villa. They got two games in hand around the other teams around them. Uh, I can see Aston Villa finishing top ten. Same with Tottenham. I don't see Arsenal finishing as high as Mick, what's Mick says. I can see Arsenal finishing ninth. No, they'll be higher than. They'll, maybe, hi- they'll finish higher. Than maybe Spurs. eighth. I don't. I can't. Maybe. Yeah, I do think higher than Spurs. But Everton do look good. Uh, if they got two games in hand as well, Everton. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, same amount of points as Chelsea at the moment. I can see Everton finishing sixth. Uh, Chelsea maybe seventh between them. Aston Villa uh, and it's just going to alternate in the order for uh, 8, 9, 10th for me with Aston Villa Spurs and Arsenal as it is Okay, Villa, Villa win their two games in hand they're in Europe yep and that was yeah, going to bring I'll... me on mm. yeah. let you go on <laughs> no no I'll let you go on as I said earlier on oh, no. yeah that, that move, man. Yeah, my point is going to be that if you talk about the dark horse for Europe I think it would be Aston Villa because of the games in hand Okay. Uh, I do really like Aston Villa. I watched them on my birthday beat Arsenal three 0 with my, as I said, my Arsenal friend from uni, which was a lot of fun watching him cry. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that would be my contestant for dark horse for Europe. I don't know if you would say Everton, but I feel like Everton have almost got European football with how well they've started. So I don't know if they're really the dark horse, but I think Aston Villa have been incredible from how poor, how bad a season their season was last season. And I think they're going to get Europa League. That turnaround from relegation to Europa League is mad. Who's that? Sorry, Villa. Villa, yeah. You think they'll finish above West Ham? Oh yeah, West Ham. A good shout. Um, I've completely forgot how good West Ham are. It's tough, think, isn't it? It's tough. Yeah, I d- West Ham are definitely going to finish the top ten because of how well David Moyes has got them playing. Yeah. Well, if they um, finish in the top ten, right now they're fifth. Okay, they're seven points above tenth place Arsenal. If they finish tenth from that position, Moyes will get sacked. No, no, we won't. Uh, I'm saying. Come that. I'm on, saying Ralph. I'm saying no. Ralph Huffington is going to get sacked by the end of March. You're, you're, so. you're saying West Ham will go from fifth place comfortably in Europa I'm, I'm League, not, and they'll finish in the top ten. If they finish I'm in the top ten, that. you've got to say they're finishing the top six. Yeah, I'm saying they could drop to seventh. Sixth, I reckon. 
is the lowest they could drop. I don't know. Oh, well, def- having, said, I don't... having said that, seventh. Chelsea never yeah. stand a good chance of finishing above them. Spurs yeah, are out of them. Europe. Spurs won't finish away yeah. near Europe this year. And with Chelsea getting their new manager, that's Spur, and they've started off well. So they're going to push back up for the top five, top four. Yeah, they draw so many games. I'm going to interject. Mm-hmm. I'm going to interject because that was Your as show. entertaining as that was. Um, hearing you two dis- squabble. Um, top <laughs> top six. You believe it? Do you believe that the top four, at the very least, are going to stay in the top six? Hey, fuck it out. You'd hope so. Yeah, um, you would hope so, but and but do I'm you believe <laughs> that West Ham, Chelsea, or Everton will join them? Because let's face it, Tottenham ain't. I could see Chelsea replace, uh, replacing Liverpool. Okay. Oh, interesting. But I was going to say Everton. You see Everton replace. Um, I know Everton with the game in hands, but. They've got two games in hand. Lot, lo- They're playing better football than Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, but still with Everton, I say a lot of the time, like the Leeds game, um, I think they were very lucky to get the four points, uh, the four three points from that game. Uh, Leeds had a, were the better team in the second half overall uh, They, I think in my opinion Leeds should have got a draw out of that game but they didn't because they, they weren't Finish. clinical enough that's what I mean yeah. Ever, um, Pickford had a blinder had, had game of the season being he should have been banned for most of it for assault but there you yeah. go that's a different story <laughs> and I know people um, I'm not a Liverpool fan right so you believe that the top four will stay as the top four and then it's a case of Chelsea or Everton and West Ham? Yeah, I I think the top four looks pretty not pretty secure because Liverpool are playing pants at the moment. Yeah, that's um, what's the problem. Just because could drop more points. Sorry, Ethan, go on, carry on. Yeah, I was just saying, that's the problem with what like, I'm thinking. I, Leicester have been brilliant. Um, Man United have had a really good start. Man City look like they're going to win the league. Liverpool have been so inconsistent and with continued squad injuries like it's maybe I think for the sake of being interesting I'm going to say Chelsea are going to finish 4th and Liverpool are going to drop to 5th Everton are going to finish 6th West Ham 7th So you're saying Leicester are going to finish above all of those you say Leicester are yes. safe and 3rd I'm not going to say they're safe and 3rd but I think they're going to pit everyone else deferred I think um, Man United and you'd like to think Man City are duplicates um, I think it could be a right interesting race after Easter mm, it could well, be not that high I just realised I predicted Man United to finish second I don't want to predict that high because Man United are so oh, do we have to do this Alec <laughs> we were asked You're, you, you're basing your premise on Fernandez going the rest of the season injury free, aren't you? Because let's face it, if Fernandez isn't playing for Man United, can you see them struggling to win games? Yes. Mm-hmm. We're not stupid, Dad. Uh, yes, of course we can. Well, no, but Man City fans will, aren't worried that De Bruyne aren't playing. Cause, yeah, but that's because they've yeah. got greater strength. Exactly. And depth. That's that's what yeah. I mean. That's what exactly the point I was making. That's why Man United can't compete in this title race because they just, yeah, Man City are Man City. If it wasn't for Bruno Fernandes, we'd be fighting with Chelsea and West Ham. 
at best. You'd be you'd be happy with that as well. Exactly. Without Fernandez. Um yeah. less less a surprise package this year. They're only mm. five points behind City. Alright, they played a game more. They could finish very, very high, very, very close to Man City. I think they'll finish second above Man United. That's a shell. That could happen. Right, um, basically, in response to Jamie, let's just round it up here because we're getting nowhere. <laughs> in response to Jamie, we haven't got a clue, mate. Um, we haven't got no, a clue. Talking <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking us? Yeah, that's the thing. Why are you asking us? <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. Uh, all we, yeah, all we agree on is the bottom Easter. three. All we agree yeah. on is the bottom three. Um, so, yeah. on that note, we've been going for about half an hour longer than I thought we would be. So, thank you so yeah. much for listening or watching if you've made it this far. If you've My enjoyed wife used it, to be happy when that happened. If you've enjoyed... <laughs> That's my mother. The best thing about this, this is going to go back and have to choose whether to keep it in or edit it out. Either way, he's listening to this back. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm going to have to hear that twice. Um, anyway, well, probably more than twice. But yeah. Thank you for listening or watching. If you've enjoyed the video, please leave a like. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please tune in next Saturday at twelve o'clock for the next iteration, where we will endeavour to not keep interrupting each other and uh, I will endeavour to have a greater reins on these two wild animals that I call my, <laughs> yeah, I... my dad and my best mate uh, thank you once again to dad for joining me if you want to follow him on twitter his handle is at Mick Anderton we will, he will definitely be here next week and hopefully here next week is Ethan his handle is at mystery option and well, uh, I had to think about that then. Mine is at mm-hmm. Anderton YT on all of my social medias, so search that. You'll see my face. It's me. And uh, until the next one, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.